It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. This is Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the co-host of this program, and I'm sitting with my co-host, Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon, Don. It's good to see you. You too. Thank you. Um, Today, Michael, you have a a day in the life of Michael Cohen. You've got a a fascinating story with someone who has a, a personal injury situation and how that specifically applies to estate planning. Well, normally that wouldn't be necessarily a big deal but mm-hmm. in this case the person who had a personal injury was on public benefits okay and so when you have a public benefit if you have too much money then you don't get the public benefit all right and they may need to have that money to last and have the whatever it is uh, that public benefits is real important uh, to especially with health issues and drug issues etc when you say money that means houses snowmobiles furniture everything right it's not just cash or... well usually okay so for most benefits we'll we'll stay with Medicaid here for All a right. second um, there are certain things that do not count okay a homestead if now if you're single a homestead has to have equity of less than five hundred eighty-two thousand dollars in your uh-huh, in Texas. Okay, yeah. and it varies from state to state. Um, if you're let's say in California or New York, it'd be over eight hundred thousand. Wow, that much. Okay. Yeah. So states had an option when they passed the law, and it's gone up with inflation. So originally it started at five hundred and seven fifty, and of course, uh, it doesn't take long these days. We all know how in the Dallas area, which is growing, growing the population. Uh, I think we saw a few weeks ago where sure. it went up over a million um, in the last however short eight period. years or something seven something years? like that uh-huh. and and we're now the fourth largest metroplex uh, something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. uh, so anyways we're saying a home doesn't count as an asset but the state does have a right to make a claim against the home after death to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced so that's one thing that's exempt we we said uh, just a second ago that the equity limit was five hundred eighty-two thousand by the way if you're married. Uh, there's no limit. So we had one that was going on that the person inherited, the husband had this property, was uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of acres. Hmm. And as long as it's attached, so it's not like bankruptcy law or uh, anything like that, right. it could be that it's lo- as long as it's attached to and, and not, uh, uh, even if there's a uh, cut because of uh, roads or rivers, then that's okay. As long as the land's touching each other, then it's an exempt resource, no, no matter the size. Amazing. So you could have 500 acres or whatever if, if you're married, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't count as an asset. Okay. However, there's the problems of state recovery. Okay. Uh, another thing that doesn't count, so if you do have, let's say you had somebody who got some sort of personal injury accident uh, and they were on Medicaid, one of the options is to buy these types of things that are exempt. So it, like bankruptcy law, Medicaid has certain things that do not count. What are some other things that do not count? A pre-need funeral, 
that is, by the funeral advance, we all die sometime. Mm-hmm. So that means not only the funeral service, uh, the the tombstone, the marker, the casket, the opening grave, opening closing, a vault, liner, niche, mausoleum. Right. It doesn't really matter. And actually, you can even buy burial spaces for one generation up, down, sideways. Hmm. And their spouses. So in other words, if you had parents, siblings, and children— but not grandchildren mm-hmm. and their spouses, you could own those spaces for them and it wouldn't cause a resource. Excellent. Yeah, it's excellent for if you're a own funeral homes. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. no, no, most people don't, you know, go out of their way to buy True. although I have one right now that they have there's ten children and and um, uh, brother the brother died, mm-hmm. and he had so he was going to have things go to the siblings because mm-hmm. he had too much uh, money. Sure. Uh, so, like the the personal injury accident, in this case, the person inherited, and so when they inherited, they had too much, and so they could buy these things that do not count, whether it's a home or whether it's these burial spaces for one generation up, down, and sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, one car, regardless of value, uh, a car. Um, so. It, it doesn't matter what the value of the car is. Now, a car is a depreciating asset, uh, but it doesn't count as an asset. But sometimes people might buy a car, even if they're disabled, maybe somebody else might be additional insured and drive around that car. Um, personal property items, things, everyday living type things are also exempt. If you have term life insurance, it has no cash value, so it doesn't count as an asset. Good. Sometimes really small life insurance policies, if the uh, if it's $1,500 or less, a face value, then the cash value doesn't count. So there is a, a, some list Good. of things. So if you had a small accident, you could buy these types of things uh, if you wanted to without even having to do anything else. And so you'd have to look at that first, besides paying off bills. Sure. Of course, if you had bills, then you would pay off those bills, so that reduces your assets so you could get eligibility for Medicaid. I, I should mention, though, um, if you do buy the home or the car, uh, we've talked, um, uh, we touch on from time to time the government having a right to make a claim against those properties, those exempt properties, exempt at the time that you applied for public benefits, but after death, they could recoup by going after that home or car to the extent that Medicaid benefits have been advanced if your property goes by will or if it goes by intestacy without a will. So in Texas, we're fortunate that we could create documents where it doesn't go by will for either the home or the car. The home, uh, you could do certain types of deeds. We've um, enhanced life estate deeds, also known as ladybird deeds, which uh, at least at the current time, you say that you are in total control of your property until you die. If you sell the property, you lease the property, you mortgage the property, or even change your mind who the beneficiaries are, you could do that in a enhanced life estate deed or ladybird deed so there's no transfer penalty and since it's not going by will or by intestacy it's going by deed therefore you estate you avoid the claim of the state at least in texas and on the car if you bought a car that was exempt nowadays since uh last year i'm almost to the day last year a year ago that they passed the, or they had this form that you could just have a beneficiary designation of your car go directly to whomever you want to go to. Uh, by doing that, you have, of course, not only avoided probate, uh, and since you avoided probate, you've avoided estate recovery. So if, you're, if you had a house that went by will and you didn't have, let's say, a ladybird deed, the state could go after that house. Mm-hmm. 
So you try to so the people who plan in advance do something if they have inadequate long-term care insurance that there's something they could do about it. Okay. And same thing on the car. Now, so that's one thing you could do if you do have if that if that person who either inherited or or, or was a uh, victim of a personal injury accident uh, and was on public benefits, they could buy those things uh, that were exempt, uh, or they could pay their bills, or sometimes they could create trust. Uh, now, if it's too small, though, a lot of times it becomes uh, it's not worth the cost. Uh, so you'd have to look at it uh, and see if it were. But there, uh, there are different types of trust you could do. Uh, if, if the person uh, had mental capacity and they were under 65, they could create their own special needs trust and utilize the money for their lifetime for their benefit without jeopardizing the public benefit to the extent that's permitted by law. Uh, there could be a reduction if you use things for um, certain things like housing and or shelter and and food. Okay. Uh, so the uh, but you could uh, create a trust, but the government's name is the remainder beneficiary. Same thing. Besides creating your own special needs trust, and by the way, if you lack capacity, it could also be done with the help of a court guardian, parent, or grandparent. Um, the if, if the count was, one of the things you should ask also is if that person was under a certain age. In other words, if you're under 26, then you could, and they've been disabled since before age 26, there's certain types of accounts that you can now just put up to $15,000 into that will not count or jeopardize your Medicaid. Okay. So it's called an ABLE account. ABLE. Uh-huh. Achieving a Better Life Experience is the federal act. Oh, I like that. So sometimes, or maybe you had a, a personal injury accident and you had what they call a structured annuity where it could pay, since you could only contribute up to $15,000 a month, I mean a year, uh, under the ABLE laws, you could have a structured settlement where the annuity goes into where the calculations were less than $15,000 in the year. Uh, and so you could not even have to create a trust, uh, so you could utilize that. So one of the questions you have to ask is, is that person under 26, mm-hmm. and were they disabled before that time? Um, in addition to that, though, there's also a thing called a pool trust. Pool. Uh-huh. Okay. So now there's a, there are several of them in Texas uh, where you – by the way, on the ABLE account, you're limited on how much you could put in. I told you 15000 mm-hmm. a year. Uh, and it can never accumulate to over 100000 And a special needs trust, one of the benefits is there's no limit, and the same thing is applicable for a pool trust. Uh, a pool trust is like a big special needs trust, and you have all these thousands of Texans who are disabled contribute to this account, which is managed by a uh, professional-type trustee, let's say a bank. Uh, it has to be run by a charitable organization. So, for example, the Ark of Texas is one of the ones that are more well-known in Texas. And you, um, if you need something, they'll have like these sub-accounts. So they have this big trust that everybody joins, and then they'll have sub-accounts uh, for each individual disabled person. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the trustee, the bank, will invest the monies and try to make the monies grow and make okay. it for their best use. But they also need to make sure they have responsibilities to make sure that the money lasts for that person's lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, that's why sometimes 
families want a individual trustee or create their own trust is because they don't want the, somebody else dictating how they get their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still have to go within the rules. So uh, the trustee is going should be more conservative uh, if you're like a bank sure. than if you were the individual. And it shouldn't be that way, but right. that's the way it is. And right. so, so there is the hesitation a lot of times. But if it's a smaller amount, it's cheaper to do a pool trust because uh, all you have to do is join the trust, then it would be uh, to do so, you know to create your own trust. Right. So generally, uh, on the case that we had just recently, one of the things we say is, okay, are, do we have any of these things? Is there, first of all, is there any bills? All right, so if there are, great, pay care of the bills. Number two, is there any of these things that are exempt that we need? All right, fine, buy the things that you need. You might need to buy a funeral. We all die. Okay, that's fine. You wouldn't need to buy a car. Okay, perhaps. Um, whatever it may be. Okay. And then whatever's left, then you might use one of these other things. It depends on the factual situation. It could be if it's a smaller amount, you put it into a pool trust. Now, they do charge fees, just like any financial institution. There's a fee to join, a fee, an, uh, an annual fee. And there's a fee every time you write a check. They say, I need a new iPad. Uh, okay, well, that's going to cost you $12.50 or whatever it may be. Sure. So, so to write the check. So there are expenses involved for having a trust, uh, but it is another option, and if it's a smaller amount, then that's certainly a viable option. Uh, you could use it for larger amounts too, mm-hmm. uh, So it's not. but a lot of times what you see on smaller cases is the use of a pool trust. They're getting more information on that. So a lot of times you'll even say uh, in your different uh, planning documents about the use of pooled trust if something should happen to somebody if they're disabled. So, again, these are things that, you know, change over time. Sure. We talked about on a prior show that, you know, public benefits laws, there didn't used to be pooled trust uh, except for about – it was actually created in a federal law in 1993 under the uh, Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act. There were certain exception trusts, and that was one of them. Okay. But the ability for a uh, person that had mental capacity to create their own special needs trust just became effective in the last couple of years. They did not um, – before, it had to only be done by a parent, grandparent, court, or guardian. It's a little bit different with a pool trust because you could sign it directly than that even before that. And by the way, you can't make contributions after age 65 without having a penalty. Oh, okay. So uh, it gets hmm. – obviously, uh, there's lots – so if you do have somebody on public benefits who inherited or if they um, – um, have a personal injury accident, uh, we have to often look at those different things to uh, make sure that we don't lose those public benefits. If somebody had a will and we knew that they were on public benefits, uh, you could even go to court to reform the will. Mm. So the person failed to um, have a trust for their disabled child, you could actually change the will. I have somebody right now that I'm looking at this. Uh, we suggest it to a New Jersey attorney, and so they're having me look it over for Texas uh Cases because yeah, uh, they were yeah so and we and we were actually we've done them of course here in Texas there's a specific code section in the estates code that says you could reform will for tax purposes or for public benefits purposes mm-hmm. so in this case uh, and if you do that the important thing too is remember we talked about if it was been inherited uh, and that person created their own trust I said the state had to have a payback 
payback provision mm-hmm. to the extent that benefits have been advanced. However, if it was monies from somebody else and they created the trust, there is no payback provision. So mm-hmm. here um, you go to reform the will, and you say, no, after that person, the intention was after that person dies, it goes to their family. Right. And so instead of going to the state, it goes to the family. So you protected your family by reforming the will, uh, and and that could be done as well. So okay. if that so if the personal injury, uh, if the person who's the the um, beneficiary is disabled, we don't lose any public benefits. Very interesting. You, know, you say these days nothing surprises me, but you can be surprised, and you, we probably all are surprised every single day. And you could be surprised with some kind of accident where there's a personal injury involved, and you come into a lot of money. You can win the lottery. It's highly unlikely, but you never know. But as Michael has said many, many times, you could inherit money, and you need to know what to do with this money when you get it because you might make significant and irreparable mistakes. The way to do so is to attend Michael's next workshop on Thursday, May the 23rd at one o'clock so that you can find out for sure if your plans are exactly what you want them to be via trust, via will, or both. Michael, those workshops, what goes on there, please? Well, we ask people what they want to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever it is they want to know, we write them down, those questions down on a board, and in the next two hours, we go through and answer those questions. It's interactive. That's why we call it a workshop and not a seminar. Mm -hmm. So people just ask questions throughout the whole time so they have a better understanding of not only their their problems, but uh, the problems of others and makes them think about what those issues are and and that they probably have never even thought about. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we say what you want to know, and uh, if they want to go further uh, than that, then we give a free vision meeting. So if the two free hours of estate planning wasn't enough, we give one more hour to go over that person's situation individually uh, without charge. Of course, if they don't do anything, that's fine. They just go on. we friends, as they say, and, and we wish everybody well. But if they want to do something, we just at least examine. Uh, we basically take an x-ray of their situation and see what it is that's important to them and uh, whatever it is, it is. And uh, if you do want to go and get that free education, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. To, to be, you know, a lot of these workshops are completely full. So it is recommended that uh, if you are interested in going to the free estate planning essentials workshop, that you call that 214-720-0102 number at your earliest convenience. If you don't make the that workshop, you'll go on a waiting list and people will cancel and then um, hopefully you'll get in. And if you don't, you'll just roll over into the next workshop in June. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. If they want to. I mean, we, sure. we, we call and give them options on different things, um, uh, whatever whatever they like. You know, the thing about KAAM, uh, the two A's in KAAM stand for accountability and accessibility. And we hold our clients accountable and they remain accessible to us and to you. The beauty of uh, someone like Mike Cohen, uh, who I think uh, quite often is the exception in many ways, but that he is accountable. He, He puts his life into this 
and he makes certain that your plan is ironclad. There are so many levers to pull in terms of making certain it's the way you want it to be, so you're protected, your assets are protected, your heirs are protected, and who better? Don't do it online. Don't go to uh, LegalZoom. Don't do that. Go to a person that I trust and that you can trust. Well, I appreciate that, Don. But, I mean, if nothing else, I want people just to make sure their planning is proper, to make sure things go the way they want under their terms and conditions. Whether they're disabled or or die, there should be some insurance, insurance to protect your loved ones for that they're, they're, you know, know, a few shows ago we talked about Prince who failed to do anything. And we think, really, it's all about the family. Mm -hmm. It's all about making sure that somebody doesn't bicker after you pass. It's all about making sure that you have protected them, whether it's for you for those issues that we so often talk about, whether it be a bad marriage or or somebody, a spouse remarrying or or a disability, as we talked about here today, Mm -hmm. or uh, creditor issues. It could be any number of things. And so things happen in life. And even if you have... um, Let's say something ironclad, as you mentioned, whatever I tell you today could change tomorrow because right. the laws can change. Sure. You know, when we talk about the estate laws, estate tax laws, we think about, you know, the exemption. Uh, right now, eleven million four hundred thousand for a single person, uh, but that's a temporary thing. And in 2026, it goes down. So what do you do for the people who have estates that are larger than the um, 11.4? And what happens if – or even less – or less than 11.4? Let's, right. say it's, uh, let's say it goes down to $6 million and they have a larger estate. Well, you might do different types of planning in case it does go down. Mm-hmm. So um, there's different ways that you put in the language because it doesn't mean that uh, just because you don't have a taxable estate today doesn't mean you won't have a taxable estate tomorrow. As we know in politics politics, uh, depending on what side you're on, uh, you know, there one side would like to eliminate uh, estate taxes altogether. Sure. And on the other side, there there's a, a lower level uh, than we present, lower than even the five and a half million. So if you went, and I'm not trying to say anything about uh, what's good or bad here. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Republican plan is good or the Democratic plan is good. But you see on the different candidates, they have different dollar amounts. So uh, Republican plan would say, oh, we have eliminate the estate tax. On the other hand, on the Democrats, if you had a Bernie Sanders type plan, it would be uh, a little over $3 million. And so it's a lot different. Uh, and it, it's different philosophies. Again, not right or wrong. Uh, some, If you have... Um, Republican side a lot of times is we'll cut on other expenses. It may be that the Medicaid or Medicare or Social Security might be uh, at risk if you have less taxes. On the Democratic side, uh, you might have more taxes, but you might have more access to more public benefits. It doesn't make it right or wrong. Uh, It's just that that's the way it is. It seems to be, and that's going to be always the decision of the people as to what's best for our citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not, again, um, uh, so the, since the laws and who gets voted into office uh, do make a difference, then then the planning, even if it, we try to make it, like you say, ironclad, but laws could change, and we don't know what those laws might be. So the, it used to be that when you had the estate planning, you have a lot of times these eight, what they call AB trust, where you, you have both the, um, the first whatever exemption amount and the second amount that was equivalent, so you save that total amount from taxes. Uh, but now uh, the, the limits are so much different that those things may not be the appropriate thing anymore, even though they were in vogue, especially 20 years ago, before uh, President Bush came into power and made 
uh, made inroads to having less estate taxes. Mm-hmm. So remember, in uh, the around 2000, year 2000, the estate tax limit uh, for a single person was 600,000. Now it's 11 million 400,000. So the laws have changed a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's to be assumed for everything. Whether you know. You know, we talked. We've talked on prior shows about different changes in the tax laws that occurred. Uh, a lot of times, businesses might have less taxes now. And we've talked about the estate tax limitation uh, being increased, and we talked about property taxes uh, that limiting it to ten thousand dollars, and maybe sometimes creating different trust or whatever. We talked about uh, maybe that the charitable deductions that you might have been able to get in the past, because the standard deduction has doubled. That um, uh, what do we? We're not getting that charitable deduction. Now we're not itemizing anymore. And we, so you might talk about bunching of charitable contributions or making a distribution from a retirement account directly to the charity so there's no income taxation. Or it could be – or you could have med- – since the medical expense deduction, if it's greater than 10% of adjusted gross income, that you might bunch your medical expenses if you're older. So there's lots of different things. So laws change, and that's right. just a rapid-fire uh, list of some of the things uh, that could have changed that may affect it in your health might have changed. And so uh, the planning will always be planning, and you should always – so just because uh, uh, we might have a plan now, the laws may have changed uh, that we may need to have an adjustment. A list from which Michael wasn't even reading. He never reads. All he does is ever talk, and he shoots from the brain. Uh, he knows exactly uh, the law as, as well as anybody when it comes to estate planning and elder law, and that's the, one of the great benefits of having him as a partner in KWAM. The other thing that he didn't address that also changes are your relationships. Your relationships with people change. You may have softened on an individual or hardened on another one. You may have forgiven someone for doing something wrong to you, and you want to change your will or your trust as a result. Those are reasons, too, personal reasons, not just all the professional, the legal ones, and the the litigious ones that Michael mentioned, but also personal. Attend his next workshop to get some answers to what your state may need. You may not realize that you have to make some changes quickly. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. One more minute, Michael. Final notes or thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned the marriage issues that a lot of times, even if you have an irrevocable trust, um, you can make you can make some changes uh, whether it's the marriage issue of a child or somebody you wanted to disinherit or whatever, okay. even if you have an irrevocable trust, you could have certain powers to be able to change that, uh, who your beneficiaries are. But again, that gets into a lengthier discussion. So uh, I'll just close again with what you've just said. If you want to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, just call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And if you do go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, and only for those who do go to that workshop, you also get a free one-on-one meeting to go over your situation personally to see if your plan is being met the way you like. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you. When we declare doing it your way, as Christians, such is actually and should always be God's way. 
It's imperative that our planning includes implementing indisputable biblical principles, such as leaving a financial gift for your church from your estate. Not doing so would certainly be considered poor stewardship, which no believer wants to be held accountable for. So call Michael Cohen's office to sign up for the next Essential Estate Planning Workshop to ensure your estate is in complete Christian accordance today. Dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102. And be certain to listen to Michael Cohen right here on 770-KAAM.